another um, youth giving their life to Jesus and being willing to serve him with all of his mind, body, and spirit. And so today I'm going to invite Eli Woolwine into the waters of baptism with me. This is Eli Woolwine. He is literally one of my favorite kids of all time. I would have not admitted that until this day, but top 10 for sure. Eli is absolutely hilarious. He enjoys roasting me in my athletic abilities. But one thing I love most about Eli is his heart for Jesus and a sense of humor and his compassion and the way he loves his friends, the way he loves other people, and the way that he's willing to give his life um, this morning in dedication to Jesus. And so, Eli, I have one question for you, friend. Who is Jesus to you? He is my Lord and Savior. And so today I'm going to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What better Mother's Day gift than this for mom and grandma than to see Eli publicly profess his faith for Jesus. And so Eli, as you look out, this congregation, this family of faith is here for you. They're here to love you and to guide you and to invest in you. And so today we are super proud of you. You're welcome. And today Tommy is also going to come into the water and do a second baptism. Good morning, church on Maine. Rebecca turned the mic off. She must not have wanted me to talk. <laughs> and now everybody's saying amen back here. <laughs> I feel so loved. Welcome. We are glad that you are all here. This is a wonderful time for us to be able to celebrate together. And baptism is one of the greatest celebrations of life. Come into the water, Patty. This is Patty Wu. Patty attended our church when, for some time, she went to the Chinese Bible study, and she has come here today to profess her faith in Jesus Christ. Patty left us recently. She had to move to Roanoke and has been there since, but she wanted to profess her faith through baptism in the place where Jesus became real to her, and so she is back with us here today. I, uh, I Patty had talked about speaking today and she decided that she was a little nervous so didn't want to try to do that but she did want everyone to know that this has been a long journey for her it took a long time for her to, to decide that jesus was real and that our faith had so much to offer and she wanted to be part of it and so today she has come here to profess her faith in jesus christ and to celebrate with the church family that helped her to reach this point of her journey patty who is jesus He's my Lord, my Savior. Then in obedience to the command of our Lord and Savior, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is a special day, Patty, and we thank you for coming here and to be part of this, and we just pray that your journey with Christ is going to be as meaningful as it can possibly be, and I want you to remember that wherever you go and whatever you do, this is your family of faith, along with any church that you go to, and we will pray for you, and we will support you, and we will be there to celebrate with you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Calder Ross will come and offer our invocation. 
and worship the one who brings us together.
alive. This is his story. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son so even kids like us could live forever. Jesus was born in Bethlehem and grew up in a town called Nazareth. When he was only 12 years old, his parents found him in the temple with the teachers, but he was the one teaching them. As he got older, he began to do the work of his father in heaven. He ministered to the sick and hurting, but he never forgot about kids like us. people began to talk about him. They knew there was something very special about him, and everywhere he went, there were lots of people waiting to see him. This journey he was on took him to Jerusalem. He was riding on a donkey, and people were waving branches and palm trees. They had waited for the king, and now he had come. They, they shouted, praise to the king who comes in the name of the Lord.
Not very long after they were waving palm branches and praising him, the people in charge tried to trap Jesus. They even made plans to get rid of him. But Jesus knew it was all part of God's plan. He was arrested and put on trial. The same people who had just called him king a few days earlier were now calling for him to be crucified. The soldiers took Jesus to a place called Golgotha and nailed him to a cross. But even then, Jesus forgave the ones who had done terrible things to him. They took Jesus' body and laid him in front, of a, in front of a tomb and put a big stone in front of the door so Noah could take him. Early on the third day, some ladies went to the tomb, but the stone was rolled away. When they went inside, an angel said, Why are you looking for Jesus? He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Everything changed that morning, even for kids like us. Because Jesus was raised to life, we can raise the hallelujah. The King is alive, and he's our living hope.
thank you for letting us come today. Thank you for the food we have and the friends we have. Thank you for our parents and teachers, and thank you for our church. Please help us to be kind and to be helpful. Please, God, please guide us in our choices and help us to play your prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and power, and glory forever. Amen. I remember your genuine faith, you, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother and your mother, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of, of fear and timidity, but a, a power, love, and self-discipline. That is why I am suffering here in prison, but I am not ashamed of it, for I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his return. Hold, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. This is the word of the Lord.
Good morning, Church on Main. Is my mic on? Yes, it is. We are so glad that you're here this morning with us. And I don't know about you, but I'm super excited to see our kids and our youth lead um, us in worship this morning. It makes me super emotional and joyful and all kinds of feelings all at once. And so I will try not to cry this morning, but I did at 8.30, so cry baby today. It is a special day today because it is Mother's Day, and so today we want to give thanks to the women in our congregation and all the ways that they've helped to mother and invest and protect the generation of leaders and world changers and innovators that are here in this room. Today we are looking at a passage found in 2 Timothy. Paul writes this letter to Timothy to encourage and to offer counsel to him as he deals with various issues within the church. Timothy was considered one of Paul's most faithful companions. He had given up his youth to follow Paul and to be mentored by him and to be invested in him through the scriptures. Paul fully anticipated that Timothy would carry the gospel message with faithfulness and passion long after he had passed. Paul had recognized the gifts and the leadership that Timothy possessed within him, and he did his very best to help guard that and to continue to invest in Timothy's spiritual life. However, Paul was also aware that this investment had not simply begun with him. Rather, he knew it all started with Timothy's family. Paul writes to Timothy these words, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am now persuaded also lives within you. I have been reminded of this sincere faith that's within you. The Greek word for sincere in this passage literally means to be without pretense or hypocrisy. Paul affirms that Timothy's faith was now the same as his mother's and his grandmother's, that he carried a faith that was undoubtedly first shaped by them, but now too was without hypocrisy or pretense. These were two faithful Jewish women who were committed to shaping Timothy's life with the Jewish scriptures. And now here he was, receiving this letter from Paul himself on mission for Christ, carrying forth the gospel message to the next generation. But again, it all began with the investment of the generations before him. His faith was first shaped by his grandmother and his mother. And honestly, this is often the case in most homes. It's our mothers and our grandmothers who have impressed upon us the importance of faith, the importance of knowing who Jesus truly is. They show us through their willingness to serve the church endlessly with warm meals, years of service of Sunday school lessons, VBS yet again for another year, through mission and bedtime prayers, and their devoted love and service. We see this taking place across congregations across the world. It is the women who are leading the generations to the faith of God. So let me say this this morning. Moms and grandmoms and aunties, I see you. God sees you. The Sunday morning hustle after a long week of school and work and ball filled and lunches packed, dinners prepared, piano practice, and endless loads of laundry, and those nighttime prayers do not go unnoticed. And we know it isn't easy. So you're sitting, if you're sitting next to your mom, which I realize I've captivated most of your children, give them a big warm hug this morning and tell them thank you. And if you can't right now, they'll wait for it for later. An IOU hug. It's a lot to find space to show up to a church on Sunday morning, to fight with your family, to wake up early, get everyone dressed, and convince them that this weekly rhythm of church is truly worth it, especially when you yourself feel tired especially when you feel like the investment that you're making doesn't feel all too worth it, or you can't quite see the impact that you're making within your family. But today, I want you to be reminded that God sees the investment that you're making to ensure that your family knows the love of God. And though it may not always feel like it, through the cloud of complaints of, it's boring, I don't want to, and what's the point? 
You are truly investing in the gift of God, and this investment is not shaken by all the chaos that surrounds your efforts. In 2004, Disney produced arguably one of the best animated films of all time, and if you disagree with me, you can fight me later. Not right now. Don't distract me. The Incredibles is one of my favorites. So, The Incredibles, Bob Parr, a.k.a. Mr. Incredible, and his favorite, and his wife, Elastigirl, are the world's greatest famous crime-fighting superheroes in Metroville. They're always saving lives and battling evil daily, but 15 years later, they've been forced to adopt civilian identities and retreat to the suburbs where they have no choice but to retire as superheroes. Go back to living normal lives with their three children, Violet, Dash, and Jack-Jack, who were born with their own secret superpowers. And throughout the movie, the parents recognize that their kids have these unique gifts and superpowers, and they're doing their best to harness those in and make sure that they're using them for the greater good, only to finally realize that these gifts needed to be celebrated, that they each possess something unique they each possessed a power to help save the world. They later realized that this is exactly what each of them had been created for, that each of them possessed the special gift and talent. And so they decided rather than hiding these gifts and trying to fit in like everyone else, that they should be true to themselves and be exactly who they were created to be. And so you might be asking, okay, Rebecca, what does this have to do with the gospel other than you were trying to grab the attention of children I would say a lot of things. Each of us possess gifts and talents within us. They've been uniquely designed to fit the mission that Christ has given each of us here on earth. And so when you're willing to invest in the gift of God that lies within this next generation, you are showing them not only the importance of the gospel, but you're investing in their true selves, their kingdom purpose, their holy identities. You're investing in their gifts and their talents so that they can understand that this is exactly what they've been created for, to be ambassadors of love for the kingdom of God, to carry the gospel message to the next generation to come. And for me, it was my mother who first introduced me to the church, but it didn't stop there. And as a child, there was a woman named Queenie who brought scripture to life for me through crafts and skits and the occasional puppet. And she laid the foundation to my faith. And during my teenage years, it was a woman named April who wiped tears from my cheeks when I felt heavy regret. And she taught me about the unconditional love and depth of God's grace. And then there was a woman named Phyllis who taught me how to pray. She taught me how to intentionally hear from God, how to fast and how to cling to and love scripture during my darkest hours. She taught me how to truly be still and wait on God. And then at 18, the Lord merged my path again with a woman named Jennifer, and she recognized. She invested in and guarded and helped to stir up the gift of God that was within me. And she began to point me in the direction of the call that I felt on my life. And still today, I can list numerous names of women that God has placed within my life to mentor and counsel and walk alongside me. I am who I am today because of the church and the faithful voices that were found within it. My mother introduced me to the church, yes. But I am thankful that it didn't stop there. I am thankful that the body of Christ took an active role in teaching me and loving me and investing in my spiritual life. I'm thankful that I have a multitude of spiritual mothers and grandmothers whose faith was without pretense and hypocrisy. Women who were willing to walk alongside of me and sit with me in prayer and mentor me into the woman I am today. Paul writes these words to Timothy. For this cause, I remind you that you should stir up the gift of God which is in you. For God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. Therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but endure hardship for the good news according to the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according, according to our own works, but according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ. 
but, now, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the good news. Paul took time to remind Timothy to stir up the gift of God that was within, the same gift that had been nurtured by his mother and his grandmother. Paul was telling Timothy to be proactive in keeping the flames of faith burning within. Listen, raising a family in the church, making space for this to become a part of your weekly rhythm is really difficult, and we see that. I realize it would be much easier to sleep in on Sunday morning, to spend your summer by the water, to do just about anything else, because this truly does require sacrifice. It does require commitment. It does require us to take bold action within our faith. And I'm a living testimony that the sacrifice and the commitment is worth that. And church, creating space for families to exist, for this to be a place of warm and welcoming space for them, to raise their children is the same for you. It requires sacrifice from you. It requires us all to commit to take bold action in our faith to help raise the next generation. This truly is a spiritual family affair, and he's given us the power and the love and the self-control to make it happen. And if you're worried about your children, don't be, because I'm not. Yeah, they're fine. This is a lot for them, and I see that. I see you guys. You're doing great. Doing great. Truly. The Greek word for power here refers to a special kind of power, the ability to do or to accomplish. It's an enabling sort of power because it equips us for good things while leaving us the exercise, the freedom to exercise that power. And so it's up to us, are we willing to do it? And then we have this word agape or love. Agape love is more of a doing and less of a feeling word. The agape person has little or nothing to gain by their doing. Rather, it's all about the giving. So are you willing to make the sacrifice? Are you willing to give when you get nothing in return? Are you willing to truly love? And lastly, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can achieve all of these things. Because nonetheless, we are called to invest in and help guard the future of the gospel message. It's our job to ensure that it goes forth to all generations. And it starts with our willingness to use our gift to help invest in the current generation of leaders who are rising among us. This current generation, and when I'm talking about this current generation, I want to bring it in for you. I'm talking about Generation Z. And I want you to really hear what I'm about to say because it's very important. I feel like the church has almost written off this generation as a whole. But what I want to say to you is that this generation is catching the fire of God in a way that no generation has. They're not impressed by our million-dollar buildings or our fancy sermons or our commercialized version of the gospel but they're looking for people who are authentically entertaining the presence of God. And if you don't believe me, go home and Google the revivals that are taking place across college campuses right now. Generation Z catching the wave of God in a way like never before, pressing in to the presence of holy God, to authentic faith, to real faith, because they want mentors who know scripture, who love God, and who have stories to tell of the faithfulness of who God is. They're looking for you to impart in them who God is and what God has done in your life. And when you reveal authentic faith to Generation Z, they receive that wholeheartedly. Psalm 145, three through seven says this, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of your glorious splendor of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of your power, of your awesome works, and I will proclaim your great deeds. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. 
This is how the gospel message has always worked. It's been one generation to the next, telling of how great the Lord is and how worthy he is of our praise, that his greatness is beyond what we can fathom. It's the imparting of the faithfulness of who God is through the testament of what he has done, through the testament of his mighty acts, of his glorious splendor. They're imparting the faith by shouting into the spirit of the, to the next generation how powerful, how awesome are the works of this big and holy God. So you want this generation to fall in love with Jesus. Of worshipers, the leaders of the next revival, the ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, and they're looking for a generation that says they are willing to show up. They're looking for a generation of Eunice's and Lois's to pass down and nurture a faith that is without pretense or hypocrisy. This gospel message has been entrusted to you. The question today is what are you going to do with it? Verse 13 through 14 says, what you hear from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. And to each of us, we're here today because someone passed on this sound teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are commended to guard this good deposit that has been entrusted to each of us and continue to invest it within the next generation that comes behind us to continue to hand off the baton, to help one another, to, cult, to cultivate one another's gifts so that the kingdom of heaven continues to be here on earth as it is in heaven. It is through Christ Jesus that we receive faith and love. And it is Christ who enables us to express faith and love to others. So parents, today I commend you. And I encourage you to keep investing. Keep showing up. Keep pushing through even when it feels pointless and be reminded today that you are not alone. This room is full of people who will love your children. Spiritual moms and grandmoms and fathers and uncles and aunties who will invest not only in them but you as well. And they will help you guard what you've been entrusted with. And if you've allowed your gift to lay dormant, and your faith to grow stagnant today, then I challenge you to fan into the flame. May you allow the Holy Spirit to ignite within you a fresh passion and fervor for the gospel. And may you consider how you can make a difference within your spiritual family, because the leaders of the church are here, and they're looking to us for counsel and wisdom for you to guide them, because you've already been there. And are you willing to use your gift to help cultivate theirs, to allow them to lead, to make space in this church for them to exist, to give up things, to sacrifice things, so that they can be the leaders that they were called and designed to be? Today, we are going to celebrate our graduates. We are celebrating our fifth graders who are moving up to youth group and closing elementary school chapter. We are celebrating our high school seniors who are closing a chapter and are on to a brand new phase of life. We're celebrating our college and our VCOM students who have graduated already and have left this building mostly. But we are thankful for you and we hope you're watching this. We are proud of each of you. And may the Lord continue to bless you and keep you and continue to fan into the flame of the gift of God. May you use your gifts to continue to usher in the kingdom of heaven to earth. And so today, I want to leave this with our senior grads, the class of 2023. Colin, Jude, Jake, Mia, and Jack. Guard what has been entrusted to your care. Turn away from godless chatter and the opposing ideas what is falsely called knowledge which some have professed and in doing so have departed from the faith. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, so set your heart on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. May you always be reminded that you were created with purpose, that you were designed beautifully and handcrafted by holy God.
and called to something much greater than yourself. And this pastor is always here for you, praying for you, loving you, celebrating you, and willing to fight all of hell for you. This space will always be a space that you get to call home. And so let's pray together, and then Abigail and Catherine are going to come close us out. Holy God, thank you so much for this time that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, we thank you for each gift and talent that each of us have. Lord, we thank you for the generations who've gone before us and those who will come to carry the gospel message forward. Lord, we thank you for the youth that we have been entrusted with, the children that we've been entrusted with here at Blacksburg Baptist. And so, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would convict our hearts, that you would challenge our spirits to use our gifts to help cultivate theirs. Lord, that you would remind us constantly that it's not about us, but it's about the message of truth, the message of Jesus Christ going forth. It's about the next generation following in love with who you are and who you've called them to be. Lord, may we be mindful of that as we reflect and worship this today. And I ask all this in Jesus' name, amen. Oh, I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you know me that you're pleased and that I'm never It's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you. It's who I am, it's who I am, it's who I am. Oh, and I've seen many searching for answers. Perfect.
our benediction. May the Lord bless and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace um, this day and every day, now and forevermore. Amen.